People are my passion, and this podcast is about just that. Life, love, careers, relationships, the ups, the downs, the funny, and sometimes not so funny things that happen along the way. I think that everyone has a story to tell, and I want to hear it. So join me weekly as I sit down with everyday people from all walks of life to find out what makes them tick. You are listening to Bright Minds with Ashmon. Welcome back, everyone, to Bright Minds with Ashmon. I am about to try my second virtual podcast, so bear with me and be kind because, um, you know what, folks, this is not easy. Um, I really prefer to have somebody sitting in my living room with me. But having said that, I'm super excited for today because I'm taking it back to my Elon days with one of my college roommates and my dear friend, Wilson Murphy. Wait, wait, wait. That's not your name anymore. (laughs) Wilson McDermott. Hey, girl. Hey. How's it going? Kept it Irish for you. You know, I will never stop calling people by the name I met them. That's fair, (laughs) right? Yeah, totally. I still call all my friends' parents like Mr. or Mrs. I can't. It's yeah, and like Corey Backus will forever be Corey Backus. Yeah. <laughs> There's no Corey Miller. Get out of here. Absolutely. And I clearly will always be Ashmon, hence the name of this podcast. You're still Ashmon in my phone. <laughs> All right. So Murph, I told you this in a text and we just kind of talked about it. But um, listeners, sometimes there's like a second delay when I do this virtually, which that doesn't sound like much. What's a second? But when you're talking to someone, it's actually a whole lot. So when I did this with my sister-in-law, Katie, I felt like I kept interrupting her. And I'm going to try not to do that to you, Murph, but no promises. Yeah, no, I think we're good. I think this we're does good. sound like pretty normal. Like I'm talking to you on the phone. Yeah, we're, we're jiving here. All right. So backstory. Um, I met Wilson (laughs) along with most of my college besties when we were pledging sororities back at Elon. Um, But let's take it back even a little bit further before that because, um, okay, so when we went to college, there was no Facebook. So the summer before, (laughs) (laughs) you already know where I'm going. (laughs) So the summer before you go to college, before you start, you get this like essentially like a yearbook, but it looks like an elementary style yearbook. Like it's paper, but it has every, it was called, I think it was called the Freshman Faces. Is that right, Worf? Yeah, I think it was Freshman Faces. Freshman Faces. Okay. Um, So it basically had a little like headshot of everybody. And then to the right of that, your picture, like you, you know, you wrote a little like about me section. And I loved this thing. Like, I can't even tell you how many times I looked through it, wanted to see my roommate, wondering. Oh my God, it was the most exciting thing I've ever gotten in the mail, like to date. I almost feel bad for kids now. Like, cool, you can look them up on TikTok or whatnot, but you don't even know what a freshman face's high was. Oh my God. Good. So I'm like scrolling through this thing timeless times and there was this super hot chick with this long blonde hair to like the middle of your back like white blonde and I feel like you were sitting on a swing and by the way guys the super hot chick was Wilson Murphy and then I would scroll to the right and it you it was like hilarious it was like Wilson likes to ride motorcycles and like I can't even remember what it said it was ridiculous oh my god and I instantly was like not only is this girl so hot, but she's so funny and I want to be friends with her. Is that weird? Like, I remember you from the freshman faces. Oh, I remember getting the pamphlet in the mail where you had to fill out your interests, but it gave you options. Like, I don't even think, I, I think you, yeah, could, you like, couldn't write your own. You had, no. you, had, you had to pick. You had from- to like pick. So I chose motorcycling and video games because <laughs> I remember my sisters were like sitting with me or something. They had already been to college. They're eight and six years older than me. And I remember them having something similar to this or just, I don't know. There was like an air of like, be funny about this. You'll find the right people if you do. Totally. And I did. I and swear to God, did. it followed me for four years. People were like, you're the motorcycling and video games person. And they'd be, it's they became still following you. Like, this is how I, I wanted know. to introduce you to the podcast. <laughs> I just loved it. So... Okay, so I don't meet you first semester, but then we met when we were pledging and we ended up joining the same sorority. And I just feel like we instantly just clicked, you know, yeah. like we became inseparable from like yes. day one of pledging and it was so fun. <laughs> it was um, a lot of fun. Wilson and I talked on the phone yesterday and I ended up telling her this too, but so we pledge, um, we do winter terms. So it's the end of January. We pledge, um, we were all tri-sigs. And then Wilson and I and a few friends went on spring break together. So I'm 18 years old. I'm a freshman in college. And we went to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. We drove. We drove in like the middle of the night. So From many North good Carolina. stories. But I, um, I am now, how old am I? I am 37 years old. And that is still, to this day, one of my top 10 <laughs> 
favorite memories of my entire lifetime, which is really saying something. Oh and my God. It was wild. the best trip ever, right? It really was. I don't, I, I, I'm with you on that. I don't know what and again, it was about it. We went to it. Fort Lauderdale, Florida. <laughs> like, I just all. think it was this like, this air, there, this air of freedom and this energy that we had of like, you know, it was the first time we were really – I didn't get to go away with my friends in high school. No, I think that's adult. absurd. A lot of people do that down here. I, I know. Think that's and wild. it's wild. Like, a lot of my friends up here got to do it too, but I was not allowed to. So this was like – I mean, we got in our cars and we drove 16 hours We did. Overnight. And um, no one judged me because I was only 18, like I said. But somebody gave me a, a bunch of Adderall and like yeah. a coffee, which – To I think I almost lost all my friends <laughs> because uh, I wouldn't <laughs> shut up. Like put it on really badly. <laughs> I know, and all the guys were driving, and it was just like, or Bobby, I forget who drove, but like no, Bob drove one car, Bobby we drove, drove. Car, and then that's when Bobby and I became like best friends too. Yeah. Like you guys kicked me out of your car because I wouldn't well, stop actually, talking. You didn't need to sleep; like you just could talk. <laughs> I mean, this is the perfect occupation for you. You could talk to a pile <laughs> of poop in the corner of a room and like make it interesting. But the gift you, of you gap, rode you Johnny know? like with whoever was driving. Oh God, bless talk. America. So yeah, my mom had got us a hotel room and I, I promise everyone, bear with me, I will stop reminiscing because we might lose all of our audience. <laughs> I know, no one's I listening anymore. Quick little tidbits, like we stayed in this dumpster fire of a hotel that uh -huh. had a vending machine of soda, but the bottom button, if you pushed it, dispensed beers. Yeah. So like you would put a dollar in and you would get a beer, which yeah. again, 18, it was amazing. <laughs> This was, it, it was our Disney world. Like we were just, really right. Yeah. And we were hanging out for Rucci and Malpitano and just, they were showing us the nightlife and we, <laughs> we met Bill Nye, the science guy. We went to Palm Beach. We maybe saw Ben Affleck. Like <laughs> it wasn't him, but it was, but it wasn't. <laughs> oh God. You know what? I feel like we should do a separate, um, like Elon reminisce podcast and I just know, play it for our friends. Cause I think that like our, my few college friends that listen to this podcast are really into this, but everybody else is <laughs> probably not. So I'm going to have to fast forward, but yeah. man, good times. Sure okay. Are. So Elon was a blast, obviously um, post-college Wilson moved to New York city along with a ton of our friends. I kind of felt like at that time, New York would have swallowed me alive. So I stayed down South and I don't have regrets because I love my life and it played out. But man, I was jealous many a time when you guys were all in the city. Like just, I felt like we lived different. We were, we're living completely different worlds, you know? Well, it's a like, different world up there. I was in Raleigh. You were in New York City, damn it. I don't think any of us were ready for New York City, if I'm being yeah. honest. Is that, I, I mean, I do feel like it changes you, but some ways for the better. Some, it was just really intense, you what know? What do they say? There's a saying that's like live in the South, but not so long that you get soft and live in the north but not so long Ooh. that you get hard but i've heard it more specifically like north carolina versus new york that's so funny and it's you know i so do true. feel like as i watched you the, the people that left the city it was like it was time you know yeah. like it was like okay i've had enough yeah. of this i gotta I mean, get I was out there before for, like i was there for probably eight or nine years but i only left because i needed to like get a backyard for my <laughs> what you children. got these kids you know so <laughs> yeah so keep fast forwarding you eventually meet your husband sean who you know what's really sad is i don't even know him murph but like i, know. I love him from afar i love I him because you love him and because he loves you if that makes sense like i just yeah, know he's, he's like a perfect people. dude you know he's just very he's perfect for me he's good people he's He's what I needed to happen. God, I it just, I know we'd be besties. Manner, but right? And then you guys just end up popping out these three gorgeous babies. Like you, <laughs> and then you moved back to Rumson, New Jersey, which is like Pleasantville to me. Do you know, I've been around a lot now, especially in the States. <laughs> and that is one of the most beautiful little towns I've ever been to. Oh, like, are you sweet. loving being back there? I am. I mean, there's obviously like ups and downs moving back to your hometown where there's a lot of people um, that you like haunts from your past. Sure. Now like, I'm not bad. that same kid. Actually, um, thank it's you. It's actually been really pleasant. And um, it's Pleasantville there. Like, it, it's, <laughs> no, listen, this place is, is crazy, but it's so beautiful. You find your people, you find your little, your corner of the world, and you make it work. And it's, I just always it's, think it's funny, you know, New Jersey, like, had such, you know, it just has a reputation just as a state. And then yeah. the Jersey Shore comes along and all these things. So I have this, like, <laughs> vision of what I thought New Jersey was going to look like. Yes. And then I came um, to visit you when we were on our way to go see fish in Coventry, Vermont, which is another <laughs> great story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my, this is not what I pictured. Like, no, nope, 
I it's know. Lovely. It's a little gem. It is a little gem. And we we tried to keep it secret, but right. COVID happened and everyone found it, which is fine too. Like it's nice to have. I kind of think that happened there. everywhere, Murph. Like, yeah. I mean, Wilmington just grew. I, I feel like it's like the fastest growing beach town in the country in my mind. Like it's wild. And I, I can't wanna, take yeah, it. Yeah, I need to come visit you down there too. I saw there was a show where they filmed something down there. And I was like, wait, what? There's they, uh, the summer I turned pretty. Yes, that was so. What I just, that's yes. like ten minutes from my house. Not even take me there. Like six when we go minutes there, from my house. Hell. Yeah, <laughs> it's lovely. Beautiful. Do you know some days when I'm driving to work, I'm like, why the hell do we live here? Because you know it's just trafficking, and I'm heading yeah, everywhere. And yeah. then we get out on the beach, and then like we take home. the boat out yeah. every weekend. I'm like, oh, this is why we live here. You have a boat? Um, we did have a boat. It sank. I have so many stories we could oh. talk about. <laughs> but now, and we, then we didn't get one because the kids were young. Actually, we did yeah. get another one. We sold it when the kids were really young, and now, um, we just use our father-in-law's, which is better than having that's the so cool that, so, like, that maybe that was okay cool. that i just said that but they are so <laughs> kind and generous and let us use it so like yes <laughs> so we just do well, it's okay. amazing so clearly no one's life is perfect and yes nope. i know your town's not really pleasant bill but mm -hmm. um you know we have moments and phases that are better than others everybody goes through things and wilson you are like hilarious on instagram everyone will follow her she's just like very self-deprecating humor but so i was watching her from afar like <laughs> raise these children and just be really funny about mom life but then, Murph, I don't remember when it was, but then you started, things got a little real on Instagram and you started yeah. to openly kind of share about kind of battling with, I want to call it postpartum depression, but it shook me. Like I had no clue and you had a very powerful post up, I, I, like helped me back with the timeline and I just yeah. respected it so much. I was in the thick of it, having young kids, um, my, well, hope this I won't blast her on here, but um, someone very, very close to me was going through a similar battle. I just found it to start to be a common theme. So can you yeah. help me out with the timeline and take me back to what was going on in your headspace? Well, so it was after my second was born. So my first, I mean, quickly, like my now husband and I got pregnant without being engaged. We were living together, but we weren't engaged. We weren't even like talking about starting a family. It was very, very by surprise. So oh, wait, time out, time out. I have to throw this out there. Oh, when yeah. I did my podcast with Jared, I actually used talked his, about the, bullet, the shotgun. The, yeah, the shotgun. Yes, the shotgun wedding. Wedding. That was Wilson so, wedding. that was made a joke because yes. she's like, if everybody else was good. You know, like. Yeah, no, I, we like, we kind of got ahead of it and made it funny. There were like, you know, I was pregnant at my wedding. So there were, there was like a, a ice cream bar with pickles and a, in a bowl next to it. <laughs> And, you know, we did it and we planned it and probably we planned it in one day, but we had it like six weeks after we got engaged and it all just the, the, the timeline sped up very quickly. And then, you know, we shortly after um, bought a house and then we got pregnant again really quickly. So everything was just a whirlwind. Like there's just there was making a year. my head spin. I'm like, whew. I know there was a year where I got pregnant. I got engaged. I got married. Um, we bought a house and we got pregnant with our second kid. It was a, it was like an 18 like, holy shit. period. Yeah. yeah. So of course you're like in this crazy fun whirlwind of like life events that are supposed to be spread out over five years and we're <laughs> doing it in a matter of a year and a half. And then I have my second child who my first also, you should know was very, very, he like did everything right from day one. He slept when he was supposed to sleep. He was God bless those first kids. I have so one of those too. Like, yes, <laughs> and it was like the most magical moment when they put him on my chest. And then I, I hope that like my second doesn't listen to this someday. And I, I hope not either. <laughs> he was born and he was screaming, crying. And, and they like put him on me. And I was like, take him. What? No, this isn't how it goes. They're supposed to be quiet. And you're supposed to be happy immediately and love him right away. And that just didn't happen for me. And I was so ashamed of myself. I could not believe oh. that I wasn't clicking with him immediately. I couldn't believe that I didn't feel what I felt with Reese. Do you think that emphasized it because you already had done this and you knew? Yeah, absolutely. What and it was another okay. boy. It was yeah. totally exacerbated. And so I put so much pressure on that feeling that I needed to connect with him minute one. And I kept focusing on that because I was also out of control. I, could, I was having a hard time with breastfeeding and Ugh. things weren't going the way that I like knew them to go the first time. So I was trying to find something that I could control, I think. And sure. that was like, why can't you control your own emotions and your own feelings? Like what? I couldn't even do that right. So I really got in this deep hole. And it was about eight weeks after he was born that <laughs> This is horrible. I remember sitting down with my husband, Sean, at our kitchen table and saying, we have to talk about this because I'm not okay. And 
he was like, okay, so what is it that's really eating at you? And I was like, I just, I think I said something like, I feel like there's a family out there that could love Flynn better than me. Oh, Murph. And I, I think like, this is yeah. so real. And I, I know if people were being honest, I would be curious how many moms have at one point in time related Thought to a that. similar feeling. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I just don't think I can do it right. I don't think I can do it justice for him. He's not going to have a good experience like Reese did. It's not fair. I'm not connecting with him. I don't think it's ever going to happen. And I remember Sean being like, listen, I hate him too right now. He was eight (laughs) weeks old. Keep in mind. He was eight (laughs) weeks old. He never stopped crying. He never stopped crying. And he like, you put him in the bath and he would turn purple because it was just, he's like me. And now I know that, but he's just like a clear person who feels everything yeah and so it started at day one he's sensitive and sean was like listen i hate him too but like we are this is gonna be okay he's a baby like he's a potato right now that cries nobody could love that you know like it's, yeah. it's we are gonna learn to love him and you are gonna learn to love him but sean. probably go to the doctor <laughs> <laughs> i'm liking this guy more and more this is so, like funny i like want to cry and laugh at this i know <laughs> But this is like bleeding into your setup of my Instagram and why I no keep going. Did what I did. I I found after getting you know some medicine that helped me. I found that using humor to get past the bullshit and all the stuff that was like out of my like I I had two babies in eighteen months or sorry they were eighteen months apart. So I had this. 18 month old. And then I had a newborn who was colicky and Sean had to go back to work like the next day. So it was hilarious. I was sitting there like with a baby hanging off my boob that like couldn't latch. And Reese was like 18 months old and crying because what the hell is this little thing in here? And why is he taking all of my best friend's time away from me? And I felt the same way. I was like, I know bestie. I love you. Like this. Did you just sit there and cry all day? Cause I I kind of did. I cried all day. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, I, I think my, my mom and my sisters would walk in and I'd just be like, just take them, like go take them away. And Bless. so I just found that taking videos of like when they were crying at the same time and putting them online, like saying like, hello, Xanax, are you there? It's me, Wilson. <laughs> um, and just shit like that it just made it seeing people laugh and and write me messages that were like I was oh gonna my God, ask I remember, like I can't believe it I remember these days they were awful you are in the weeds right now it's gonna suck so for you a did get a lot of feedback I always wondered that oh I need it oh I did yeah I got yeah. a lot of feedback but I needed it it was seeing te- testimonials on I used to google it like when I was going through depression I would google my exact feelings I'd like type them in the google line and be like does anyone else hate their kid and not love them? And does that go away? And like, when do you love your kid? How long does it take for you to love your kid? It's like most popular Google search. Like there's like millions of people. Oh my God. I like. couldn't believe the amount of hits I was getting. I was like, okay, this is real. So yes. that made me feel a little bit disarmed in terms of like wanting to be, wanting to say it out loud, wanting to call it out. Cause I also still felt ashamed. And I thought if someone else noticed it before I said it, then, oh my God, like if someone saw my, my horns, yeah. that know, makes so much sense. Yeah. Then yeah. they would call me out like you're a terrible fucking mom. And I was just like, fine, I'll just say it first. So I would say it. And it's in, in ways that were relatable and funny instead of being like, you know, really true and wrong. I, I am depressed and I do right. not like but having then, <laughs> the post that you're talking about. Finally, I found like the right medicine and it, I, you know, the curtains opened and, um, I felt comfortable in a way mainly because I was feeling better, but also because, holy shit, I was in a really bad place and I didn't know who to relate to at that time. So I was like, be the person. I have a lot of friends, you know, from school and from home and from whatever, like new mom friends who we all follow each other on Instagram. So maybe I could like do something. And I feel like at the time it was just peak, not peaking. It hadn't peaked yet, but it was just becoming okay for celebrities to also speak out about. Sure. So like I'd seen like maybe one do it, but not enough to the point where I felt comfortable in because of that. So what year is this, by the way? Like I can't remember how old it was. It was 2016. Are. Gotcha. Okay. No, it was 2007. So he was born at the end of 2016. So this okay. was probably like spring 2017. Gotcha. And, um, yeah, so I finally just was like, screw it. I'm going to go, you know, put myself out there. And 
I did. And it, it was good. It was, it, I got a good response. I got a lot of people who reached out to me separately, but it didn't, it almost didn't feel like enough because of how many people responded and yeah. were relating. And I was like, I have to do more. If this is the case, I have to do more. So I, I sort of like did this half-ass effort to get moms in the area who were feeling the same way to get together. And we got That's together. kind of amazing my, though. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. It was cool. It was, it was some women that I knew and some women that I didn't know. We would get together like on my patio or um, you know, I only did it once or twice. Did you like lead times. a discussion, like a therapist style? Like, what did you I do? I did. I just sat there and I like brought out a couple bottles of wine on my patio furniture and or table and chairs, and I was like, "Let's go!" Like, I think I said like a couple curse words, and you know, here I'll share my story. I hated my kid when he was born. You go. Like <laughs> one of those things. And we did. We sat there for like an hour and a half, two hours, and cried and yes. related and. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it was only a couple times. I mean, I, 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 you have to kind of stay on top of something like that in order. So I don't have this like great success story to make this podcast even more interesting, where I like forayed into this whole thing that still exists. That didn't happen, but I will say that I'm okay I, with that though. At least you yeah, made a like shot, I made a lot know? of friendships. Yes, in that. And listen, I don't moment. even know if you'll ever know the impact your posts maybe had. Like who saw it and maybe right. didn't want to come forward or send you a message. Yeah, but they related to it, and it made some impact in their life. You know, it affected them. Yeah, like, no, I mean, I appreciate you saying that. I did have someone recently reach out, and I was, I saw them out one night, and they were like, "This is so weird." But I was like scrolling through your Instagram, and I came across your post about postpartum depression, and she's young, a lot younger than me, like just starting to have kids, and she was like, "I cried. I sat there and I cried, and I read it over and over and over and over and over and over." And I mean, it's so nice. It made my night. Yeah. Because I won't say it was hard putting the post out there. I'm not, I'm, I don't, it's hard to embarrass me. Like it's not hard for me to put myself out there, but it still felt a little embarrassing. Like, I don't know if it was felt over the top or if I was like, people are going to read this and be like, you're such a, like, stop. Did you get over yourself? You know, like I, I felt a little I, bit like I that. felt like it, I was so proud of you. I thought it was so courageous. So Lucy was born in 2015. She also had colic. Yeah. Murph, I was m miserable. Like I, I and I, I would have not in a, at that point in time, I would have never been able to do what you had done. I was ashamed. Like, I think my yeah. mom and Steven were the only two people that I truly, I can't even remember maybe Corey at that time, but oh, I don't know, like that yeah. I really opened up to. But when, and it wasn't even in preschool or not. Like, I was just home with these two kids and she cried all the time. And I like hate it. He would awesome. come home. We were all just crying. Like, it was just, <laughs> but I was so embarrassed of that. So I when know. I saw you talk about it, I was like, damn, that would have felt so much better had I just had that or had somebody right. to talk about. And I was on maternity leave with two, my very two best friends. All our girls are within two weeks of each other. They were going to get coffee and take their girls to the mall. Like, Ash, come do this. And oh, oh hell. dare. Not, right. Like, dare the house? What do you mean? <laughs> right. Like I, and the times I tried, I left crying. I was then more embarrassed that like my child was crying while we have pictures of these girls when they were little and Lucy's just a monster. Like, yeah. Right. Just sobbing while they're being all cute. Oh. I'm, like, I'm ruining everyone's time. Is everyone talking about me? Like crazy thoughts. I mean, these are my best friends and I was too embarrassed to even hang out with them. I mean, it was just wild. What a I know. crazy and the time sound to be alive. Of, the sound of their cries is like the most amplified loudest when it's your kid and it's yes. something you hear all the time. It's yes. the loudest noise in the world. Do you know and they, funny don't, they don't how, even hear it because yes. it's like a tiny little baby. And now I think it's like cute muffled. that you yeah. said you're so he's so much like you because now I yes. find that Lucy to be, which I love her so hard, but we do butt heads more so than Trip and I because she is so me. You're the same <laughs> human. It's like fighting with a mirror. <laughs> yes. I actually said, Holly, that I was just talking about, she called me out on it recently. We went to yeah. We took the girls to a concert and Lucy was driving nutty for some reason. She's like, Ashley, you do that exact same. <laughs> Leave it to Holly to always just tell the truth and call like I'm like oh my god I do like the I things know. that you know rub you the wrong way I'm like oh my god we're like spitting images of each other like well personality wise we don't and look I, alike but <laughs> oh my god and to this day like he's the one I I just like rat on him so much to my friends but in a loving way but I'm of always course. like oh Flynn and they're like Wilson like you that's you like that's the part of him that's you yes. why is this frustrating you he got it <laughs> from his I from his mom it. he got it from his genes so you find, okay, you talked to Sean, which that was going to be one of my questions was when the first time you were like, shit, like I'm really not okay. I need 
to say something so that apparently he was your person as he should be. Well, and I will. I mean, I want to give him credit, but I will say like my mom, I can't, she came over one day and I was literally like splayed out on a couch with my feet like hanging off of the couch on the floor. After living with you, I have a great visual of exactly what you look like. Yeah, I was trying to give you the visual. (laughs) It was dramatic, but it was also not. Like I wasn't doing it to get attention. And I was by myself. She walked in and I was (laughs) This is amazing. Did you have a bag of pretzels with the salt? No, I was crying. I wasn't eating. I was crying. I was just like, it was just one of those I've had it moments. I'm not going to survive this. And she walked in and was like, hey, did you ever – do you, have you ever heard of postpartum depression? I was like, no. Hey, what? Yeah. And she was like, you should go talk to your doctor. So I think sh- her saying that to me spurred the conversation with Sean. Because then Sean, I, she probably talked to him about it too. And then I think it might not have been my sole decision to sit down at the dinner table to talk about how we were going to put Flynn up for adoption. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I love laughing at this conversation because only it really is. <laughs> I don't know that I went that far, but it was cl- I remember just, I said to Steven, I was like, why did we decide to have a baby? Like I our know. lives were so good and so easy before yeah. we did this, which is, that sounds awful, but it felt so real. Oh, everybody. And of course now. I would, you know, you would give like they're my whole world. They're so damn fun. Like I love these kids, but yeah, holy shit, it's wild I know. at the Flynn beginning. Is like the hilarious. He's hilarious. He's the comedian. He's so funny. He's so annoying and he's so hard, but he's so funny and he doesn't stop at no. Like he will never take no for an answer, and he's gonna be successful you know, in life because of this. Right. He's tenacity. so persistent and yeah, but it's love so this. fucking hard to parent. I mean, he's impossible to parent because of his persistence, but I don't want to snuff it out. Like that's going to be something that is going to carry him to success. So there's a lot of things that, you know, we, we, that happen early on in these kids that we mistake for impossibility and for, um, you know, it, that just, they just drive anger out of us, but right. they are the thing that makes their life that you know, that brings them to success later in life. My therapist always says, and I find it true young and old, your strengths are also your weaknesses. You know, like yeah. maybe the things that drive you nutty are really though, like some of those strengths that are going to get him through and make exactly. him kick ass one day, you know? Yeah. And having that sort of um, frame of reference over him and, and keeping that in mind is, has made it easier to just tolerate oh, that. Yeah. So the medication part of that, did, was that a little bit of a roller coaster or did you have totally. like an instant? Oh my God, Ashley, okay. It still is. This is Tell a never more. ending battle and it sucks because right after he was born, I found this medication called, I forget, they put me on like Lexapro first. And I remember he like rolled off the couch and I didn't even care. I was like, oh, too bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. It you. was so bad. Oh my God. He fully did a fault. Like he, like I said, he was eight or nine. <laughs> I didn't even rolled. care. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. I'll get, but also, you know, second time mom, you're supposed to be like chill about that. But I was yeah. way too chill about him rolling off the couch. So I remember talking to the doctor and being like, yeah, I'm a robot. Um, so I, yeah, I need a little feeling here, a little yeah, more emotion. I like, Where's my balance? Yeah, like, this is not cool. And then uh, I think that's when I went on a Fexer and oh my God, the curtains opened. It was just like, like this was the game changer. I was like, this is how people feel. <laughs> like, oh man. Real? And I fell in love with him and we, you know, we bonded and we connected and life was great. And I thought I was like healed. So I decided it was time to wean off. Like, I don't need drugs anymore. Ooh, I was going to ask you about I'm this. Okay. Good now. Did you cold turkey it or you talked to her and said, No, hey, no. It took me like four months because this one okay. affects her is really hard to, to um, wean off of. It's a bitch. Like, it's like, it, I can't even, it's what they liken it to coming off of an addiction of, you know, like hard stuff. Really? Oh, it's really bad. Like brain zaps and depression and anxiety. Wait, what's a brain zap mean? It's just like a like lightning in your head. It's weird. Like it hurts, like a headache. Yeah, it's just like oh. a quick zap. Dang. Um, okay. So that's also you know you're you get in your own head because you're like oh my god chemicals have altered my brain and I'll never be the same. And so I got off of it and I think I was okay for a little while. I think it might have been like a year that I was off, but not fully okay. I coming off of it was it changed me. And I also 
I knew what it felt to feel so good. And then I was going to ask if there's a point you want to start back on it. You're like, wait a second. Why am I doing this? I felt better. This stinks. Like, and then I had a relapse and I don't know how old he was. I want to say it was like 18 months after I stopped the medicine and I put another post up because I was like, here's what sucks about this time. I don't have an infant that's crying and I'm not breastfeeding and I don't have like a reason right now to be depressed. I don't have hormones surging through my body because I just had a baby. This time I'm just depressed. This time it's just happening. Yeah. And I can't blame it on anything. And I'm, it's almost worse because I don't have anything to tack it to, you know, tack to it. Like, sure. I feel like that's why I wasn't sure even in the beginning to call it, do we call it postpartum? Cause that, that, right. fe- that feels better. Right. To me. Cause there was like an ending date. It's just all hormonal. I can call it postpartum depression. Yeah. Yes. I forget what my doctor called it. It's, it's the same as like situational depression, but I forget what my doctor called it. It's something different. Or maybe that is what he called it. <laughs> also, but- Wilson, and I discussed yesterday on the phone, how we can't remember anything. anything. <laughs> So I love you. Like, I don't know what they called it, but whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it just happens because it happens. But like, it's not something that I th- I ever had before I had kids, you know. So, sure. um, but yeah, I came back and I that started my like I think I tried five or six different antidepressants in oh the matter of, and you know what really sucked about it is that it's it's a problem in the in the pharmaceutical, you know, industry and the medical industry, they really just try to throw things at you and see what works. And to their defense, no, like everything works differently for everyone. Well, right. I feel like I have so many friends that love this one, but then these friends hated that one because, you know, it's just, there's so many side effects, like pros and cons. What's side effects? And it's the way that your body tolerates it. So you're never going to, there's no way for you to like read a book that says this one's going to work for you. There's a genetic test you can do that says like, here's what you'll tolerate best. Like metabolism. There's no way to really know if that's true. And I did it. It's like $300 and I'm not on the one that it <laughs> recommended for. Well, me. damn it. <laughs> Can I, I know, get a refund? But, but <laughs> I'm on it's I'm on it's it's closest cousin, I should say. So um I um so goldfish brain, what the hell were we just talking about? Okay, so it came back. So yes. you're trying these different medicines and so I'm trying these different medicines. Wait, how quickly do you are you like this shit's not working? Um, well, it's not that it doesn't work. It's that the side effects are worse than like, the good effects. Okay, so you gotcha. just have to change. So every three months I would go to something new because I couldn't, I like, I took Prozac and I lost like way too much weight, which was like, I looked hot, but it didn't feel good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yes. I was like, Oh, this skirt fits really well. But like, I looked like sickly uh, yeah. skeletal and just didn't feel right. I was, I felt like there's an accelerant in it. So it made me feel like I was, I always coffee, thought it did the opposite. Like a lot of my girlfriends have put on weight with fat and happy. They all make your weight fluctuate and you never know which way it's going to go. But then eventually I wound up on Zoloft and I stayed on Zoloft for about four or five years. And that was just the one that like worked for me at the time. And I, I was uh, the, the, the benefits outweighed the negatives to it and that in such a way that I wasn't even noticing the negatives. Fast forward to Perfect. like last year when I was like, let's give this a shot. Cause I started, I talked to you briefly about this yesterday, but I yes, started to I get want a little transition spiritual when we can. and a little bit like <laughs> Wilson got you know, all weird and I can't yeah, I got wait a little, for her I got to tell you I got a little woo woo, but I, I really was focusing on my health. Cause I had this, like, I was sick for, um, like three months last year, I had this really bad, like belly, like, um, what's it called? Like a gut issue. My gut was, was not in good standing and I had to like give up gluten and I had to, um, you know, stop drinking and, um, no, no, not for the whole three months. Trust me. I I dabbled. I'm joking. Joking. Yes. But I, yeah, it was really tough. And because it was so hard, I was like, fuck it. I'm never going to like get to that place again. So I really just had to get healthy. And in that journey, I hate that word, but in that journey, I mean, I, it, like, it is what it is. Though. Like, I, right? yeah, What else was. are you supposed to call it? It was, I tried to get to this point where I was like on supplements and I wanted to get off medicine and I really tried and I almost got there and I was off for like five and a half seconds and it just wasn't worth it. I probably didn't give it enough time for it to flush out of my body entirely, but it was during the summer and I was getting FOMO and I was feeling all this shit that like, I didn't feel like feeling anymore. So I went on, what's it called? It's, um, it's the one that like, I want to help you go out, on when they quit, they go on to quit smoking cigarettes. Chantix, Chantix. No, something. it's oh. something else, but I don't know, girl. It made me <laughs> so 
insanely anxious that it ruined two months of my summer because it was like getting on and getting off. There's this whole period. So anyway, I wound up back on Effexor, which was the one I took after Flint. Like I spent six or six years trying to avoid going back on this medicine because it was so hard to get off of. But it was the one that really made me happy. Well, that that counts for something, man. That's pretty I know. Important. And it, it took my psychiatrist like months to convince me to just fucking do it again. She was like, just go back on it. And what I really wanted to kind of dabble or not dabble in. I do to too. Touch upon here was the difficulty in which like what I had to experience to get in front of a good psychiatrist who was going to sit there and listen to me and like work through this with me was immeasurable. I mean, it is insane how hard it is to find a doctor who takes your insurance, who can see you, who's taking new patients, who has, you know, the space on their rock. Like you can't get into doctors. They have all these new online doctors. I know that with like my, you know, pulmonary, just like regular. Yeah. I've never thought about it for our mental health standpoint. But when you are in a low and you're sitting at your kitchen counter in a puddle of your own tears, ready to just end it because it's not worth it anymore to be in this pain and you can't get a fucking doctor on the phone to say, come see me. I will <sighs> help you. You'll never know what it is to be low until you are sitting there or you're sitting in your bed in a puddle of tears and your husband's on the phone calling 15 different places because you can't even pick the phone up. I have and I've like been there and, Oh my God. Like I'll never Murph. forget that feeling and I'll never be able to do anything about it, which is the most painful thing. Like I wish that there was some kind of advocacy group that really focused yeah, on like this making this your cause. Struggle. Like how do we make oh my this God. more like, accessible? It do we think some of these horrible. websites like better help and so I did it Ash I did okay. I did the one I forget I'm forgetting everything I'm sorry I, it's, but it's story I did life. one of them and it's probably not even smart of me to call this one out but I forget which one it was I did it but don't I call had, anybody out I don't have a lawyer that I just do this exactly. podcast and I'm like, like I don't remember the name is probably better off <laughs> but I really did um I do think it was the worst thing I could have done because I spoke, I was speaking to a nurse practitioner, not to, to degrade that. I, I know that they're just as good as doctors actually prefer NPs over doctors in a lot of ways, but sure. this girl was like 25. Again, not probably had like no real world experience. Right. Like she's, this one just went straight to an online medicine at me. She's like, here, oh try God. it, try this, try this, try this. And I, I was like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll fucking do it. I'll try them all. I don't want to be on Zoloft. It makes me forget everything and it makes me a robot. It makes me not want to get off the couch. I was so tired. Sean was always like, I was going to bed at like 7.30 every night. He was like, we don't have a marriage. Like, can we not? Like, can I was going to ask about, I have so many questions. I oh, know. Keep going. Keep going. No, yeah. So, but I do um, wonder, yeah, the effects that it took on your marriage too. And oh, then my I kind of wanted to talk about what yeah. else you were doing besides the meds. Are we, I don't know if we, we might have to have a part two, but let's, I know. let's keep rolling. <laughs> Does anyone care? I don't know. I probably do care. Or we can just cut the whole first part about Elon out. The amount of times I'm doing this podcast, I'm like, I wonder if people are still listening. Like, I, I don't know. know. I, I mean, know. I'm trying to get them to about 45 minutes, but we're going to, we're just going to go over. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I'll talk faster. <laughs> but so, yeah, I, I mean, so we, I, what were we talking See, I'm gone again. I lost it again. That's part of the age. Okay. So you were just, you go back, like just, I, just you saying that the fact that what it takes and oh, the so, oh, so I remember what I was saying. Okay. So it was the online, it was online <laughs> service and she was just trying new things for me like every two months. And it was partly my own fault. Cause I was like, Nope, this isn't working. Try again. And I know I've, I have a history of this. I know like what works and, and I can tell right away. So she just kept yeah. trying different things. And that, that I got to another low recently. Like it was the summer and I was having such a hard time finding someone to sit down with in person instead of like going on my phone and saying like, request new medicine. (laughs) So a friend of mine, her dad is on the board of one of the hospitals around here. And I kind of took her aside and was like, I'm struggling real bad. And they didn't know, like my close, I have a couple close girlfriends here who were like vault close, like, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and I hadn't opened up to them about my mental health struggle because 
I don't know. At this stage in the game, it felt more of like I would be a nuisance to talk about. Everyone else has something else going on, and it just felt like this doesn't really I matter as much. Yeah. yeah. So, and I should be able to handle it at this point. I'm a big girl. And so I did. I kind of took them aside and was like, I'm struggling real hard right now. I need you guys to just like love me through it and be patient. I promise I'll be back well, on the other listen, side. I feel I- like everybody has to have a few of those friends in their life, at least yes. one, somebody. You know, yeah. there's got to be somebody I can call when I am just not okay. Right, right. So, you know, I talked to one of them just because, you know, she she's always like, been great about saying, you know, my dad can help if you ever need anything. I was like, I need mental, I need help. I need help. I need access to a psychiatrist. And she put me in, he helped facilitate me getting in touch with like the crisis center called me from the hospital. And they were like, oh, wow. are you okay right now? I was like, I'm okay right now, but tomorrow I need to do something. And so they put me in touch with this thing called um, early intervention services. It's EISS. Okay. I drove 45 minutes away and I sat in this chair with this woman and it's essentially a place that you just walk in, whoever you are, no matter where you are, whatever walks of life, and you speak with them until they can, you know, connect you to somebody. Because there are wait wait times for all these doctors that you need to eventually, you know, go see the professionals. And these guys are professionals, but they have them all in this earlier intervention group and you sit there and you talk with them once a week and they they act as like the bridge to where you eventually end up so they're like a therapist it's a therapist they're all clinical but they, okay yeah. but yeah, then they connect you with a psychiatrist who can psychologist gotcha okay they are not there is a psychiatrist on yes there so you know i sat with a psychologist and then i went to a psychiatrist so i was there for like two hours each time and but you just feel like your hand, you're in good hands. You're in someone's hands, you yeah. know, and you're in person. And they bridged me over to, you know, where I now go. And it, it, it felt like landing on a cloud, just knowing that I had this place that I could go and these yeah. people that I could talk to, even if it wasn't going to be my forever place, it was my saving grace. And I love that. I sat there and I cried and I said, I feel like I'm taking someone's spot here who really needs it more than me because I'm this like, you know, privileged white woman who lives in like an affluent town and I'm over here crying about God knows what. Where there are people if who only come it in from like off that. The I get what you're saying. I know. Yeah, and she right? was like, every single person that sits in that chair says the same thing. She's like, there's Joe Schmo who walks in off the street. He doesn't say it because he, but then there's a lawyer from Golden Sachs who came and sat down and said the same thing. There's, you know, like she's just like everybody feels privileged almost to sit and have this help and know that it exists because of how hard it is to get this help out there. Right. So everyone feels and lucky. And I feel like it. now, and then you're now getting this combination therapy to me, which is. Yes. Such a fan of, right? We're not just taking a pill and masking it. Like I'm talking it out as well. Yeah. You know, it's absolutely, it's paramount. I mean, it's tantamount. It's the most important thing. Balance is always important in our lives, but your brain is just like your, if you've got a sinus infection, you're going to take an antibiotic. If you've got is anything with an infection or anything with a problem where there is something that can help it, you're going to take it. Your brain is an organ. Like you're going to need to take care of it. And some of us weren't blessed with, you know, an even keel brain like others were. And we need this. Yeah, sort of. at least you're you're doing something about it, and I think that sometimes yeah. maybe there's somebody that's going to listen to this and want to do something about it. Yeah, you know, I, I mean like that's, that's so a, that is my message for everyone. I'll talk about this, you know, to the tell them blue in the face. I love I love the idea of destigmatizing antidepressants. I don't want to push them on people by any means, but girl. <laughs> it's the best it, they're great <laughs> i was gonna say how are you doing now are you feeling like you're sad i love you it i'm on like effects again and i feel great i just feel like i can i just feel like myself i feel like myself so i did want to wrap like somehow transition in here to a little bit so i love that you found someone to talk to you're on the right meds and you did find something else that has kind of helped you along this we're going to call it a journey again this yes. journey yeah. so you started seeing an energy healer correct yes which and i will I say love weird stuff like let's i know let's, can we talk about that 
Of course. And to be perfectly honest and transparent right now, I do not have a psychologist. I had one and I missed an appointment and she like wouldn't let me talk to her. I was five minutes late to an appointment. Wait, and she, she like divorced you? Like, are you kidding me? She, she wouldn't let me join on to the session and I was having a really bad day. So I called the office and I was like, listen, I just need to talk. Like I had so many things go wrong. Everyone in my family, we were sick for 18 days. We had the oh, flu no. and RSV go through my house like one after the other. And I just needed to talk. Like I just, <laughs> I had yep. my kids home, yep. three kids home for 18 days from school. I was losing my absolute shit. As and everyone was would. like, nope, you're five minutes late, 10 minutes late. Our, our policy is anyway, long story short, I was like, well then go, f f you can, I told her where, where to, where to put it. And she, the, and I just not to her face, obviously I was very actually polite. I just made myself sound very cool, but I called the front desk and was like, I just can't talk to you guys anymore then because I'm in a bad place and you're turning a person away from therapy who needs it. Like, do you know where this could end? Like, you're lucky that I'm in a, a good enough place to not, <laughs> you, you tell them Murph. Yeah. Give right. Yeah. So anyway, I have not since picked up on the psychologist end of things, but I, God bless her, have pushed it all to my sister, Emily. And um, lucky for me, she has this like incredible, and also Sarah, I talked to Sarah too. Love you, Sarah. Like, so your family, <laughs> my other sister. let me just say, are <laughs> some of the most amazing people I've ever met in my entire life. Like I will always, I haven't seen your mom. I don't even know how long. And I just will always love her so much. Like you're, oh. like they're just amazing people. So we're weird. It's like, we're good, weird. We're I just, love it. Yeah. We're, we're, we're very normal. So you call that. up Emily and you're like, so I this call up is... Emily all the time. Like she's my, I got to cry. I got to talk it through. And she just has this empathy. She's an empath. She's got this empathetic side to her that just like lets me pour it all out. And she takes it, but she doesn't carry it in terms of like, you know, she's good at, she's doesn't drag her down. Like, to, yes. Yes. So she, she entered into this healing realm a lot earlier than I did. And there's a woman down the shore who we go to and you lay on her table and she does Reiki and, um, she just like aligns your chakras and she works with your auric field and she'll see where there are um, disruptions is what she calls them. So the first time you get on this table at like a massage table and you lay there? It's she... like, yeah, it's like a massage table kind okay. of. And she's got like sound bowls and she just, she, she, it's, you know, she, she is sort of like hypnosis, but I don't know that I'm able to be hypnotized, but she brought me to this place where. I mean, in our first session, I had a very, very deep experience and to the point where I had to go back the next morning and have her do another session on me because I was shaking physically for like 12 hours afterward. No way. Um, yeah. I experienced- I want to do this. Okay. Keep going. No. So I went into this like, you know, deep, it wasn't really asleep. I was still like awake. A trance? But like it a trance? It was like a trance. It was like a hypnosis. And I was in a room with baby me, like little toddler Wilson, and she took my face in her hands and she gave me a kiss and said, I love you so much, and took my hand and walked with me out of this room and closed the door. And I woke up hysterically crying. Like, like what does this mean? Bawling out of my mind. And I don't know. I didn't know why I was crying. Like I wasn't crying in my vision. I was just crying. And she like let me wake up and talk about what I had just seen. And I mean, long story short, like it just led to me realizing there was a lot of trauma in my childhood that I just like. So does she yeah, help you figure stopped. out what your vision means? Because I'd be like, I have no oh, idea yeah. why I'm, I'm seeing well, myself as a toddler. What's cool is she can see it too. And she's like what? willing these things to happen for you. She's like connect with your inner child. That's what she wanted me to do in that moment. And, and when it I happened. said it to her, it happened and it validated her and then it validated me. And, you know, I'm six and eight years younger than my sister. So there was a lot of being left out and a lot of you know, feeling like I had to be a certain way to be included, but we're, it just, I was just the annoying young kid, you well, know, and the, they the, were close in age. So they were yeah, so close. And I was the punk yeah. kid sister who like wanted to go in, she'd go in her room, they'd go in their room with their friends. And I wanted to be in there too. Cause I didn't have any fucking friends my age. Everyone was older. But they're like, get so, my five-year-old sister out of here. Yeah. I was like, no, <laughs> man. I would have done the same thing they did to me, but it definitely created some, issues with me and the way that I perceive myself, the way that I 
I just never felt like included. And it, that carried, it makes sense it, though. Yeah, you know, like that's the thing. Adult life. Yeah. And <sighs> there's some stuff too with the way that I, I don't really want to get into like, you know, the way that I was raised and the, and the, and the beliefs and the, not the beliefs, but like the things that were said to me that have stuck with me, it's just, it's not important for me to no, say but the what point it is was. You're dealing just, with it, right? Yeah, In different I'm ways. I'm dealing with it. And the, the, the healing allows you to go so deep into your, your, your core center and find where the trauma lies and expel it and extinguish it and put it out. Like, there's I am never, here for it. You got to I just I'm such an advocate for this now. Everybody needs to heal. There isn't a single soul that doesn't. Right? Unless they are already enlightened and they've done the work. So if you had to pick which uh, you don't, but like therapy I would or pick this. I would, would pick this over wow. therapy any day. I mean, that it's is, not you're doing how often the therapy do you go? yourself. Like she doesn't tell you what to feel. She doesn't sit there and validate your feelings and let you cry and talk about it. She does it with her hands and no talking. And All right. Listen, anybody in Wilmington yourself. who is listening to this, if we have somebody in town yeah, that does this, that is legit, that you have tried and experienced, somebody give me a shout out because if not, my butt is flying up to up to Connecticut, New Jersey, and I'm going to do it there. Exactly. <laughs> but think about when you're in class and you're taking notes, a teacher's telling you the lesson and you're writing the notes down versus going out and trying it and learning it yourself. Like a, a therapist will tell you how to maneuver through um, the depression and give you coping mechanisms. Denise, my healer, will get me to a place where I figure out where it stems from and then give me the confidence and give me the ability to love myself enough to parse through it, to push through it, to like get to a yeah. place where I'm comfortable with the fact that it happened. And I'm comfortable with the fact that I can still be loved, even though these things are true about me, you know, like, and like going through that pain at the time is making the world of difference. So like making it's it part of yeah. the lesson, it's part of the journey. Do you, what do we think about? Okay. So we're, you know, hanging out in college, just carefree, happy as can be. And I still would consider myself to be a really happy person, but I wonder when, like, why is this age bring all of these things out of us? Like, at first I always wanted to say it's hormonal, but I also think there's an element to me of having children that wanted me to deal with some of my shit so that I am not putting that onto them somehow, if that makes sense. Like, so I can yeah, be the best parent so I don't project itself. Right? Like, yeah, my feelings, my worries, my, I don't know. I don't want to put it into my children. Well, there's something about them getting older that's making me want to work on myself more. But you have to like focus on the most important part there where that you want to work on yourself because not everybody does. Listen, we get to the point when we're having kids that we literally don't sleep for what is it? I mean, three kids now, I there was probably a full year that I maybe two years <laughs> that I did I actually did not sleep. Right. So that gets your brain to a place where you either fight it or fly fly. And like I, some people get to the point where they're like, I'm going to address this. I'm going to figure out what it is because I'm low, because I'm here. I'm going to work my way out of this and get better. And in the process, you're, 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 you know, healing yourself so that you are better for your kids. Then there are some people who are like, I'm just going to squash this for the rest of my life. And that's where the cycle. That just, is so confusing to me. I'm I know. Like, I, no matter what it is, but I've got to like, I, I got to talk it out. I just don't understand the like. Well, that's just because you are you. Like there's, a, I have friends, I have very close friends who don't want to talk it out. They won't talk it out. And it I, makes me I feel insane that, when right? I can't talk it out. <laughs> I know. I know. So, but like, you know, there's, it's just, it's what you decide when you get to your low, it's how you get out of it. If you want to get out of it or you, you know, sweep it under the rug and, and move on. And some people are able to handle that because they don't have what you and I have, which is that like fire from within that will burn you alive if you don't <laughs> let it get out. Do you, or you know what's it. weird? And I need to like, I respect and appreciate that people are who they are, but I don't always believe it's working for them. Like, I'm like, one day you're going to like absolutely lose your shit for just like suppressing all of this. All yeah, the time. you know that. Deep down, you right? know that. And then it ends up happening. But like, I don't know. I do think you and I are on the intuitive side of things anyway. So 
my thing is like, I have to be careful because if I do see that in people, sometimes if I get close enough, I'll say that to them. I'll be like, you need to work on this, you know, for your own good. And sometimes that's not my place to say that. So I know, right. They have to be ready. They have to be there themselves. Yes. But I think just us doing this again, my hope is always that someone's going to hear it and be like, oh shit, are they talking to me right now? Not really. I know. (laughs) I know. Maybe I do need to try that. Maybe I do. Yeah. Maybe I am just, I don't know. I don't want to call myself selfish, but I'm always working on myself, doing something for myself, loving myself. I don't think that's self-care. funny that you you think that it's, no, I would never, I mean, you know what I'm going to say. That's the least selfish thing you could do. That is true. You're a mom. Like you're not just you in this world. You are in charge of a whole ship that you have to run. So yeah, you've got to work on yourself. If you don't work on yourself, then you're that's right. And I, I don't even want to call that selfish though, because no, for sure. And I'm it's kind of hard. Teasing, yes. And I think there's, this has like become a common theme. I talked it with Megan Basie and Ben Mormon and I talked about it, but yeah, just doing things like for yourself, whether it is therapy, whether it is massages, whether it's, I get, like my Friday friends and going to meet them for a drink and lunch right. or whatever, before I go home, like things that make me feel like me. Yeah. So I could be the best version of myself for my kids, exactly. for Steven, for everybody else, you know, it's the least selfish thing you could do. Murph, this was really fun. I feel like, you know, I don't even know. I was like, I don't know what this podcast, where I'm headed on this journey, but it made us like reconnect. Like I was so happy when we hung up the phone yesterday. I know. Well, I want to reiterate what I was saying to you because I'm so proud of you and I couldn't think of a better thing for you to do or a better passion for you to have. And thank you. you know, when I met you in college, there was something so honest about you that just disarmed everyone around you. And including me and it was so um sort of addicting like to be in your presence because you brought the truth out of people without them even knowing they were doing it but you just you just immediately put them at ease by your self-deprecation your humor (laughs) um the way that you would just put yourself down and just like immediately made people be like oh i can be myself like right now starting now i can just be myself right now and I have, it changed my life. I've carried that Goodness. into my adulthood um, in so many ways. It's it's how I made friends, you know, adult friends, mom friends. It's how I conducted interviews whenever I went to try to get a job. I'd just be like, listen, I'm terrible at this, but I'm really good at this. And I'm going <laughs> to, I could work really hard. And it's just something that I always remembered you doing. And I never, I never met anyone like you before. This is that. so incredibly kind. Thank you. I don't know. Like, I that is that's very nice of you. Thank you. I but think it's, it's so just, interesting it's to see how others idea. see you. I, I, I know. You know. I know. But it's a really it's a really good skill, and it's something that I'm not a skill. It's uh, what am I trying to say? It's something that I was so impressed by, but it it came with ease to you. Like it wasn't something that I think you ever tried to do. It's just who you are. You're disarming. And I think that I always did know. So I don't know. Yeah. Like I knew I've said the jokey. Well, I'm not really jokey, but I was never going to be like the brightest bulb in the room. Like I'm never going to be the smartest one in the room. And, and I, I think you always the had a, same way. Right. And but you have to play in your skill set. Like, exactly. and I was like, I just, I don't know how or why, but had a ability to connect with people. Like that's you always, uh, and that's you were letting them know, into. Like, it's, it's authentic. Yeah. You were letting them know it's okay if you're not the smartest one here either, but you, we can jive and we can listen to music together and we can have fun and um, yes. I'm not going to judge you. I judge myself, but I'm not going <laughs> to judge you. Like That part I, I just, um, is so important to like the just not being judgmental. Like you do you. Like all of yeah. like, the things I want for my kids. I'm like, just be you. Let others be them, man. Like it's, and humility it matter, gets right? you everywhere. Humility is the reason that I was comfortable talking about my postpartum depression. Humility is the reason that I'm comfortable making fun of my kids on the internet because everybody knows I love them. That's, that's innate. Like you love your kids. I mean, I didn't love Flynn when he was born, but (laughs) you know, like everybody knows you love your kids. You don't have to prove it on Instagram. You can make fun of them and you'll make a lot more friends that way. Cause that's like what we it's, really want to yes. talk about. Yeah. Well, thank you it's for saying that. that was really, really yeah, sweet. I do. I feel humility. like we just, man, I don't know. I love you so much. We connected fast too, yeah. and hard and it was so great. This has been really, really fun. I know. It has um, been. And thank you for being supportive of this. I remember texting you like the Elon girls group, right? I was like, guys, I'm doing a thing. <laughs> Listen to this episode. Well, I it also know. helped that you were like, Murph, you're in my episode. <laughs> oh yeah, guys. So the very first don't episode was like out to be the, the hero right but then once i listened i was like oh this is good shit but i wasn't surprised (laughs) because you just you know how to 
you're like a little investigative journalist that's like five foot nothing, <laughs> hundred and nothing, but you get it out of people. It's so funny, man. Like, thank you. Thank you're you. Just thank a force. You. You're such a um, force, but a kind force. And I think that's important to to note. Like you do it in a kind way and you do it with your heart and you've seen some shit in your life and it's it's sure. amazing that you can the sun shines out of your ass like it does like i don't know i'm <laughs> impressed by that oh i'm blushing over here that's very sweet <laughs> very very sweet so yeah i'm going to wrap this up a quick side note guys that very first episode with steven i think that was the one right and i was saying that he was the first guy that i fully just like really yes. liked and was really scared of what that felt like because I didn't want to lose him. Right. And Wilson was the one I emailed this like yeah. lengthy, like, I don't know what I'm going to do if this like doesn't work out, which was a wild feeling. And also, why was I emailing you? Probably because we were desk know. jobs and that I was the only way to talk. It was when I was working at Trans Perfect Translations. Oh my and God, and you worked a million hours and I could never <laughs> talk to you. <laughs> That's why, because I was at work all day. You literally worked like 12 hour days. I know, but you, Ugh. I remember the email perfectly. And I remember loving getting that email because I was like, oh, I don't have to cold call right now. I'm just going to email my friend about love. Instead. You know what's also embarrassing is that I could totally find that in my old Gmail account and oh, I would you be probably to. mortified. <laughs> I couldn't because it was to my work email, but to you have trans to find that. Oh my God, you have to find it. All right, coming your way later today, my free time yes. on the final email. Guys, thank you for listening. Wilson, thank you for taking the time to do this with me. I know we were going to do it yesterday. I canceled because my headspace. You know, you got to be in the right headspace to just chat away for an hour. Well, I know I that like, now. Oh, I mean, this is my first podcast experience, but I totally get why now. I was going to ask that. This is your first podcast? Yes. Oh, I feel so honored. I know. I want to do it again. Um, <laughs> I, well, we. I really wanted to dive more into the energy stuff, so I think that we might have to have a part two. But that's fine. Um, guys, if please, the people want it, let us yes, know. If people, the people do you want, want it? it? You can listen <laughs> like on for part two. Yes. Yes. Um, follow me on Spotify. Bright Minds with Ashmon. I guess I realized recently there's a thing with giving me stars and actually following me that helps me out. So if you could oh, do that, you nice. become an actual listener on my statistics. So that would be amazing. Um, shoot me a message. Let me know what you think. Murph, I love you. Love you. Thank I you. I love you. Bye, y'all. Bye.